Welcome to the 100th episode of the Funniest People I Know podcast and radio show. I'm George Kaloris, and here with me today are my very funny co-hosts, Alexandria Sweat and TJ Jackson. How's it going, Alex? Pew, 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 pew. Happy 100th episode anniversary, guys. I'm kind of cheery. I don't know. I might have had a couple of glasses of bourbon. I'm feeling happy. I'm bubbly, guys. Let's get it. Yeah. How are you, TJ? I'm doing all right. I probably look 200 episodes old, but you know, I'm hanging in there. I had a job interview today, which was amazing. And I had another person email me requesting an interview for a job. So things are looking up TJ. Awesome. TJ, I've got some other news for you. Oh my gosh. I met your future husband today. What? Is it a doctor? I didn't meet him. Okay, that's a strong word. I saw him. Oh. He was leaving a coffee shop. That's the best I can give you. Probably on the way to the hospital to work. Oh, maybe. He was very handsome, tall, svelte guy, had kind of longer, flowy hair, but it's kind of wacky as well. Dressed very TJ, open shirt, button down, and pants that came just short of the ankle. And he was wearing these white sneakers and Mm -hmm. seemed to have a really fun, jaunty step. I just saw him and instinctually, I was like, that's TJ's husband. Yes. And then I turned around in the parking lot trying to go back to capture him for you, but he had escaped. But I'm going to stalk this coffee shop until I catch him. My husband be like that, though. You see him, and then the next moment, he disappeared because he's not real. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, this is it. This is this is your dream, man. I found him, and I'm going to create a trap, and I'm going to put a cup of coffee underneath a box with a stick, and I'm going to pull a string, and I'm going to catch him, and I'm going to bring him to your apartment. You think Ooh. doctors would be smarter than to fall for that trick, but I feel like my husband would have not seen Bugs Bunny. Yeah, because he's been yeah. busy studying. Yeah. yeah. He's unaware. He was too busy reading medical journals to watch children's cartoons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. As I mentioned, guys, this is a very special occasion. We're recording our 100th episode. You know, this show began as an experiment over two years ago in the summer of 2018 when producer Jane Boynton had an idea for an original comedy show for the GARS Network. Normally on the Georgia Radio Reading Service, folks just read books, magazines, etc. And they were looking for someone to create some original comedy. And Jane reached out to our friend Will Amato. He called me and he's like, I have a ridiculous idea. And the rest, as they say, is history. Thank you, TJ, for having joined me for 100 episodes. Yeah, no prob. I heard I was the 20th person to agree. So, you know, I'm glad I'm at least the top 30 funniest people. You know? <laughs> In fairness, you were the first person Will mentioned. I just went, really? Him? Yeah. Really? Him? That was my response as well. <laughs> <laughs> and Alex, yeah. you've been with us for most of the episodes. You have been with us for over 80 episodes. So for the majority of the time, you've been on the show. So it's just been really great to do this with you guys. Oh, thank you. I enjoy it as well like my creative outlet 
Especially yeah. these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So thank you guys. Thank you to our listeners for sticking around and joining us for this crazy ride. And I look forward to a hundred more. And maybe one day TJ will listen to it. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. When I find a husband, I will. <laughs> we'll listen to it together. TJ will never listen. No. <laughs> no. Oh. Uh, but I'm sure it sounds great. <laughs> I've heard good things, at least. <laughs> well, this week, America had the opportunity to participate in a historic virtual convention. I'm not talking about the DNC or the RNC. They're boring. But I was talking about DC <laughs> Comics Fandom. Did you guys see this? Yes. This was a huge event if you're a fan of DC Comics or if you're just so starved for new movies and even a trailer is exciting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like when you're a preteen and you can't get your hands on porn, but you have access to an especially saucy Victoria's Secret or Sears catalog. It was romance novels for me. I remember a friend of mine once took me out. There was a dumpster behind a building and he had buried a box under this dumpster. And he's like, you got to see my porn. And he opened the box and it was all like women's magazines. Not at all porn. It was very weird. That's my porn. (laughs) (laughs) So DC releases trailers for a bunch of major film projects and some video games that are coming out. The four biggest were Wonder Woman 1984, Suicide Squad 2, the Snyder Cut of Justice League, and this new movie about Batman called The Batman. Did you guys watch any of these trailers? I got to get into The Batman, so yeah. (laughs) I watched them all. I'm so excited about Wonder Woman because Gal Gadot is just phenomenal. I've never seen Kristen Wiig in a superhero movie ever, so I'm curious to see how that turns out. I've never associated a action role for her but she seems to be pulling it off in the trailers she seems to be this saucier carol baskins type (laughs) with her cheetah prints walking into the museum and like your lasso truth does nothing to me wonder woman i don't think she says that line but in my mind that's what she would have said you should have written it exactly i keep hitting up patty jenkins and being like, hey, let me write some dialogue or a scene or two. And she's like, who's this? And I'm like, you know. Wait, you just say TJ. The answer to that is TJ. (laughs) Do you not know me? How did she stump you with who is this? (laughs) It was Patty Jenkins. I was overwhelmed. I love Kristen Wiig. Love, love, love Kristen Wiig. I think she's one of the best comedians of the moment. But she doesn't seem funny in this? No. Mm-hmm. This will not be a funny role. Right. Is she in that phase of her career, that Steve Carell phase of transitioning to the big short type films? I guess there's something about action and comic films that aren't necessarily super serious, even though she's a villain. Oh, her- like the Riddler. Yes. Yeah. Now, that was my favorite Batman. If we want to talk about a Batman, the one with Jim Carrey is still my favorite. I don't care what anyone says. Forget Chris Nolan's. This <laughs> villain isn't throwing out one-liners like the Riddler was. She is just prowling through these classy events like at the museum and the White House. And she's onto Wonder Woman's tail and she's becoming the apex predator. 
I don't think it's going to be a funny role. It's just going to be interesting. I don't even get why she got cast because she brings so much to the screen and she has so much personality and so much charm. And it seems like the director was like, no personality, no charm. Hit your mark, say your lines. I'm hoping that the trailer has hidden the good parts, but I am really see a wasted Kristen Wiig in this movie. Suicide Squad 2. Did y'all see that movie? The first one? I did. The movie sucked. You got this killer cast. You got Jared Leto and Viola Davis and Margot Robbie and Will Smith. I loved every minute that Will Smith and Margot Robbie on screen. Everyone else is wasted. The movie was trash. At one point, I looked and I was like, how long is left in this? And it was still 40 minutes. So I gave up. I don't know what happens at the end of that movie. If you remember the trailer with the Bohemian Rhapsody song, everyone has such high hopes for it. Finally, a fun villain movie. If you're a comic book nerd and you want some good Harley Quinn, there's this Harley Quinn animated series. One of the best shows I have ever watched. Animated. It is not for kids. It is dirty as hell. Mm -hmm. It's violent. It's really well written. I cried at some point. I laughed a lot. Highly, highly, highly recommend that if you're a big nerd and like these kind of shows. I watched the animated (laughs) series as well. And Kaylee Cuoco does the voice of Harley Quinn. She's so good. She has this relationship with Poison Ivy. And I'm like, finally. The voices are good. There's so many people in it. There's some great, great acting in that show. The comedy is really, really funny. And there's a new Suicide Squad film coming out as well that has Pete Davidson from SNL as mm-hmm. one of the villains, too. So let's say not everyone's that. in that movie. There's so many villains in this new Suicide Squad. I don't know how they're going to fit them all on screen. They just got to share. The big release was this new movie, The Batman which is a completely different Batman than we've seen in the Justice League. It's also not the Batman that's going to be in the new Flash movie they announced, which is going to be Michael Keaton. DC's got way too many Batman, and it's stressing me out. I don't get the appeal of Robert Pattinson. He's not hot. He's not charming. He's not interesting. Last week, y'all told me he doesn't even smell nice. And then he has this awful haircut. I'm very concerned about this casting choice. Yeah, but I was looking at all the reactions of the trailer among the DC fandom, and everyone seems pretty pumped about this film. Everyone's getting really excited because it's darker. Robert Pattinson's voice for the Batman doesn't seem as forced as Christian Bale's was, and a lot of people are looking more forward to the Riddler, portrayed by Paul Dano. He's supposed to be phenomenal in this role everyone is on the edge of their seat that's inspired casting the idea of making the riddler a serial killer is a good idea it's a way to modernize the character he's good casting Mm -hmm. but with Pattinson's hair and the weird eye makeup he looks like he's in a victorian movie alex what did you think I just got all of the brooding darkness, which I will say it was kind of like, ooh, it made the trailer look good. So I can see how the fandom was hyping it up right now. But I'm just I'm not a fan of Robert Pattinson. He kind of has this weird haircut, eye makeup thing going on, which seems interesting. It made me think of a conversation that Liana and I were having about Batman's superpower and how really his only superpower is that he's rich and white. And has access <laughs> to a lot of stuff. But people have been reimagining a woke Batman. And maybe the Batman can be the origin of woke Batman. 
with Robert, I don't know. I'm really looking forward to Zoe Kravitz playing Catwoman in this film. Halle Berry played Catwoman in the film Catwoman. I was watching those clips the other day because I needed a refresher on why it was so bad. And then I remembered... Halle Berry was not the bad part of that movie. It was everything, the writing, Sharon Stone, everything else was trash. But Halle Berry was great. She just had a hard time being compared to Michelle Pfeiffer, who was kind of perfect. Yeah, I was watching Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman. I forgot how Tim Burton that film was. So Tim Burton. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe not the best director for a superhero oh film. Michelle Pfeiffer did a great job. Halle Berry as well, and I'm really, really looking forward to Zoe Kravitz picking up the cat ears and leather jumpsuit. Yes. You look at Halle Berry's Catwoman, and I agree, George, it's more of the film and not Halle, Mm. because Halle was very committed. She really took that Catwoman role seriously. The movie did not, though. The movie did not take it seriously for her. I'm excited about Zoe Kravitz. I like her. I can see that vibe. There's something grungy about her, which I think is also what Robert Pattinson kind of possesses. I like that dynamic. Okay, let's get real, though. She is way out of his league. If they're going to be a romantic duo, Zoe Kravitz is way hotter than Robert Pattinson. They should have really gone equal hotness, and we're not even close. (laughs) Who would be an equal hotness to Zoe Kravitz as the Batman? Ryan Gosling? He's a little older, though. Can he play the Batman? Apparently anybody can. I think my problem is that Marvel figured it out. They didn't have as good of a property, but they put something really smart in charge. They wrote a cohesive story over 20 films. Most of the films are good. It's like they put a valedictorian in charge of making the movies. And then DC hired someone's meth head nephew. (laughs) And we're just like, I don't give a Just do whatever you want. It doesn't matter. We'll make money even if it's trash. How hard is it to make a movie that doesn't suck? Or maybe when we go back and rewatch these old Superman and Batman movies, we realize that they always kind of sucked. I think that's what it really is. We had lower (laughs) expectations. I don't know. I'm a DC fan more than a Marvel one just because it's for an older audience. And I feel like the characters are more well-rounded. They're making trash. We'll see what happens when it comes out. I'm just excited that there's going to be movies. And for now, I'll just watch trailers. Alexandria, for the last couple of weeks, we've been checking in with you on an accountability challenge you're doing to find an agent. How's that going? It went really well. Of course, I'm still Alex. I'm still catching up on some of the homework. You told us last week that you were writing a cover letter. TJ and I would really like to hear that. Do you have that cover letter? I do. Let's listen to your cover letter. And then TJ and I will tell you if we were agents, if we would then look at your resume in real. Okay. TJ, you can play the character of a casting agent. Okay. I'm sorry about what's going to happen next. (laughs) Dear FPIK agency, I'm seeking representation in the Southeast region. I have a BA in theater and took a six month Meisner intensive in 2019. I perform locally as a sketch comedian and podcaster. I graduated from Indiana University in 2015 and studied at the Robert Mello Studio in 2019. I'd love to chat with you via Zoom and share a self-tape with you. Thank you for your time, and I look forward to chatting with you soon. All the best, Alexandria. Okay, 
<coughs> Start from the beginning. I wasn't paying attention. What's your name? What are you doing here? Who's taking my lunch? Donald, where is he? Get in here. I can already tell this is an agency. I do not want to sign with <laughs> You don't have a lot of options, kid. Yeah, they're, they're all going over to all the agencies. They're all packed and they're full. You know, this is the end of the road for you. If you're here already, then you don't have a lot of options. So, <laughs> from the beginning. What do you name? Cassandra? You look like a Cassandra. Let's go with that. <laughs> How old are you, kid? I am 33. 33? Don't tell anyone that. You're now 25 years old for the next 10 years of your life. All right? Don't tell anyone your real age. No one's going to check. Where are you from? I'm from Kentucky. I'm from Louisville. Not anymore. You're from New Orleans. <laughs> You're from the streets of whatever that it's called over there. And you go to Mardi Gras every year. And you grew up with Ellen DeGeneres. I don't know. What have you been doing all this time? What, where'd you come from? How'd you get here? Uh, um, be, by vehicle. Okay. I drove. <laughs> you walked the entire way over. You heard that Atlanta was the place to be, and you want to get a job in acting and make it big. So you came over from your little cardboard box in New Orleans, and you're like, "I'm named Cassandra, and I'm gonna be a star." All right, who's got lunch? Thank you, Marilyn. It was Marilyn. Don't forget the Lynn. I think Marilyn might be your best bet. Unfortunately, my agency is looking for actors who can turn any sentence into a song. Very specifically, we're looking for that kind of talent. And unfortunately, I guess you don't have that. Or at least it's not in your cover letter. It is not. So you think I might need to add that to the cover letter. Hmm. Okay. I mean, at least at least for my agency, the Colorus agency is only hiring talented people who can turn sentences into songs. And so unfortunately, we're going to have to pass. Man, OK. Sheesh, this is a hard crowd today. But um, <laughs> out of Marilyn and Associates, you don't need to sing. You know, we just say that you can. I don't need to hear nothing or whatever. Just like you look like you can. So tell them you do. There's a lunch. <laughs> going on at the Maryland agency. There's Maryland and Associates. I worked really hard to get that name. I had to sue yeah. at least five people to get it. <laughs> One of those names wasn't even Maryland. It was Gerald. You guys have given me a lot to think about. Don't even think about it. Just do it. Now or never, kid. Thank you, Marilyn. You got one prospect that is an agent, so let us know after you submit to the other agencies if, if you're going to be choosing Marilyn or or one of the other opportunities. I got you. We'll check in with you the next episode to keep you accountable. Mm-hmm. TJ, I'm excited about this. It has been a while yeah. since we've had one of your classic TJ's lists. This is one of my favorite bits. It's the first one I ever pitched to Will. I was like, I have an idea. TJ makes a list. And that was it. That's all I had for the idea. But it turned into one of our most popular segments. My first list was things that make me nervous because I was nervous about it. So I was just like, I'm going to list all the other things that make me nervous. Aww. And then it was 
then I had to make a list every episode. And I was like, oh God, like by the 10th week, I was like, I don't know how many lists I can make. (laughs) (laughs) We gave you a list break, but in honor of our 100th episode, I thought no better way to celebrate than to have a good old fashioned TJ's list. So what you got for Mm -hmm. us this week, buddy? All right. Here's my list for the 100th episode. Top 10 things that we've done on the show and together. Starting at number 10, that time we were all driven out to the middle of the desert with a bunch of other kids in the early 2000s and had to run a society on a reality TV show. (laughs) Great times. You're talking about Kid Nation? No, it was us, remember? (laughs) Number nine, that time we all got detention and had to stay after school and write an essay about what we learned at detention. Remember that? We all danced to... 80s classics and one of us was really emo and the other had a really terrible dad oh so we're kind of like the breakfast club i got you no it was us you don't know what you're talking about okay we're number seven eight (laughs) my bad number that time we all lived in a new york city apartment and had a coffee shop where we always had a couch to ourselves in alexandria was all like, this is a ripoff of another show. Oh, that was a good memory. <laughs> yeah. Don't you? <laughs> I don't know what to do here. <laughs> Number seven. <laughs> time we all just saved the world from a giant purple Josh Brolin and collect all the rings to save the planet. Remember? Oh, yeah, that was great. There was that like was a good time. Four different versions of George portrayed by seven different actors. Uh, he just kept getting younger and younger each movie. Number <laughs> five. That time we all pranced through a field of really green grass while a giant sun baby giggled in the sky. <laughs> Number four. That time we all took on the GOP with a week full of Zoom calls and pre-recorded footage to convince America not to vote for Donald Trump. <laughs> number seven number <laughs> why are you so bad at numbers it's number seven don't include this on your resume one count down i told him i wasn't good at counting down so <laughs> he said it was fine i didn't need to do it number oh my three four <laughs> that time we all read erotic fiction and everyone got hot and steamy and I was reading all that Cinderella fan fiction, the Lenomi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, that actually happened. And then that one time I got married to our former co-host, Lily, in the woods. And everyone was invited. <laughs> Lord DJ, he just had to go to reception. <laughs> I didn't want him there at the national ceremony. So that was fun. And then number two. That time, the show finally became the funniest people I know. And I took over. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) And then last but not least, that time we all played a game that sent a new disaster. Every time one of our game pieces moved on the board and George got sucked into the game and never came back until Kirsten Dunst rolled the dice to release him from the game. And he came back and there was a monsoon. Y'all, I honestly can't remember anything that's happened in the past two years. Exactly. Yeah. So I had I might have um, twisted some of those events a little bit. Mm, maybe, maybe exactly. twisted. Mm, such a 
interesting choice of word there, but yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Walt Disney would call it reimagined. Mm, it um, sounded like you took a bad dose of something. Yeah. <laughs> Adderall, maybe. <laughs> well, TJ, you have successfully done something you've wanted to do for a hundred episodes, and that is guarantee I will never ask you to make a list again. <laughs> We hope you guys enjoyed TJ's final list. <laughs> That's a whole 200th episode. Yeah. <laughs> Unless we start counting down, then I don't know what happens. <laughs> I'm astounded by you getting tripped up on counting down from 10. All you had to do was write it down, TJ. Just because the count on Sesame Street makes it look so easy, Alex, doesn't mean that it's just a child could do it. My parents did not believe in vampires, so they fast-forward through that segment. So <laughs> we said it was the devil, and that was the conservative 90s for you. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. That's the last piece of the puzzle. I now fully understand the enigma that is TJ. <laughs> That's why I'm bad at math. Home solved. I wanted to do something extra special to celebrate our 100th episode. A number of really funny people have been on this show, and I thought it'd be a really great opportunity to bring everybody back for a funny people reunion. Joining us today are our very special guests and dear friends, original Funniest People I Know hosts, Dewey McGew, Howdy. Lily Blackburn, hey. and Will Amato. Hello, world! <laughs> hey! Welcome back, everybody! Woo! Hello! Everybody! This feels like a great time to be having a reunion because we're all starved for social interactions. This is the largest group of people I've hung out with in a long time. <laughs> well, it's really good to see you guys. There's another person who's been a pivotal part of the show since day one, and that is our awesome producer, Jane Boynton. Hey, Jane! Hey, how are you? Hey, hey, Jane! What a treat. Yeah, this is a huge treat. I love that we finally have you on the show, Jane. We've been talking about you since episode one, but we've never had your voice on the show. This is the first time I've, uh, um, I mean, I've seen Jane before, but, and I know this is on the radio, nobody can see her, but I think it's interesting that she's literally in a closet. I, I don't know <laughs> if the door is closed or not, but... You look like you're either prepared for a radio show or a tornado. <laughs> a little Correct. bit of both this weather. Got my rocking chair. I'm in good shape. <laughs> Jane, you have heard all our voices for hours and hours, and you do such a good job of editing the show over the months. Is there anything that sticks out in your mind that you heard once that never made it into an episode that you just can't get out of your head? Oh, you stole my question. Did I? <laughs> God. There are some things that never made it into the episode because I couldn't put them on the air. Jane, who have you omitted stuff from the most? Who has said the worst things that you can't put on? Probably Alexandria. <laughs> <laughs> I, could, I could see that. Oh, gosh. But you never censor me, right? I'm a perfect angel. Oh, do I censor you occasionally? Oh, wow. <laughs> I'll watch myself in the future. She censored me completely. I think I was in the first three episodes, and then she just cut me all together. <laughs> I just yeah. disappeared with no explanation. I heard you fell we in the bottom a of a well, so that's what I've been assuming all this time. Yeah, I heard that on one of the subsequent episodes <laughs> that I fell in a well, and uh, I started questioning it myself. I think it actually happened. 
<laughs> there was also a rumor that you joined as the mascot for a local baseball team. I heard that one. Mm, all of them are, I'm going to say yes and to all of those things that happened. <laughs> I'm so glad you're okay. Jane, I'm glad that we finally get to prove to our listeners that you actually exist. That's a question I've gotten a lot from people. Is, is this Jane a real person or y'all just making her up? <laughs> Unfortunately or fortunately, I'm very real. <laughs> <laughs> I say very fortunately for us. Go ahead, In the middle Jane. of editing the last segment of this week's episode, which will not be on the GARS broadcast. Sounds <laughs> 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 uh, raunchy. Oh, wow. We do a ranking of the dirtiest songs in pop music history. It was a good time. Guys, I'm so glad to have everybody here. And I know that everybody's wondering why I called this meeting. <laughs> I love all these blank stares on everybody's faces too. It's because we have a really big announcement and we wanted you to be here for our big announcement. The funniest people I know is getting a new member of our cast. This is a very funny person who's been on the show as a guest several times over the years. We love her. The listeners love her. She's got the best laugh ever. So please allow me to introduce our newest host, Abigail Williams. Hey! hey. Look at that. Yes. Oh no, but she's not there now. She's missing. <laughs> this is how a Zoom surprise works. Is that Jane edited her out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love her space with the piano and all the mirrors. Okay, is she reliable? <laughs> <laughs> she did text me. I'm running to grab water. If you start the meeting and there's an empty chair, you know why. So <laughs> that lets you know about our new host. At least she'll give me a heads up if we're going to Zoom into an empty chair. <laughs> Well, I see a piano there. Does she play? Oh, yeah. Yes. She is entirely gifted musically wise, singing, piano. I'm sure other instruments, but those are what I know best. <gasps> Whoa! <laughs> hey. Hi, friends. So, Abigail, do this great reveal. I'm like, our new host is Abigail Williams. And then I hit the button, and then it's the empty chair. <laughs> I texted you and told you I had to get my water. <laughs> water is important. I think I recognize Abigail from Broken 30. I was in Broken 30. I saw it a couple times, loved it. My husband and I, we left going, that was amazing. And her voice is incredible. That's so <laughs> cool. You. Oh, that means the world. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Congratulations on being the new host. Thank you. Host. Thank you. I am excited. It was between you and Megan McCain. <laughs> I'm just so glad I beat her out, you know? <laughs> I would not have let that happen. Thank I would you, have, Alex. Someone in my I corner. Like, I can't. No. Mm -mm, mm -mm. Alex is threatened to go all rosy on us. And we're like, okay, we'll go with Abigail. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I so appreciate it. The yeah, funniest it people I know has morphed into an indie version of The View. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Also known as The Millennial View. <laughs> What's another word that's synonymous with the view? The vision? The real? The perspective? The, <laughs> the perspective? I think that those ladies should come out with a new Zoom version called the grid view. Oh no, they call it the gallery view, don't they? That's what it should be. Gallery. That's pretty good. Yes. There you go. Oh, the gallery. I get that. I see what you did there. Oh, now I just got it. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't know his own funny powers. 
Dewey, I wanted to check in with you. I know that you and your husband, Douglas, have been doing a lot of comedy based out of Hateville. You have a show called Ha Ha of Hateville. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, it started last year in our backyard. We wanted to do a stand-up comedy show in our backyard. So we did that from May, June, July, August, September, and October, once a month. And we brought down stand-up comics from Atlanta. And they would come down to our backyard. And we invited everybody in the Tri-Cities area to just bring a folding chair, sit in our backyard, and watch stand-up comedy for free. Will actually performed in one or two. One so far, but... One. Definitely right. interested in doing it again. Well, I've never heard your so, stand-up. I host it. I say I've gotten lazy, but you guys who all have hosted know that it's a difficult job. But I don't necessarily write material. I just riff off the audience and in between the comics and bring them up. But I'm really grateful that we did that last season in our own backyard because a local brewery called Arches in last year said, hey, you're getting like 75 to 80 people. Would you like to do it in our backyard? We have a garden space out in the back. And we were like, nah, this is really cool. We want to do it in the backyard and keep it indie and underground like this. But fortunately, during the pandemic time, we were able to have that conversation with them again because our backyard wasn't big enough for people to sit six feet apart. So they invited us to bring it back. So we started in July, very hesitantly. Took us six weeks to measure where every picnic table and chair and fire pit was going to go, where we were going to put the microphones, how far everybody would be away, how would they get into the bathroom, how would they order beer. It took a lot of marking the ground and all of that, but we're about to do show number three. And it's been fantastic because people are learning. They can come and see a stand-up comedy show outdoors And the best part is Atlanta comics are hitting me up this season and go, what's a bitch got to do to get on your show? (laughs) (laughs) I'd like like a list of names of every person who said it like that. (laughs) (laughs) That's been really nice that we have that relationship with Arches Brewing and they have that great outdoor space because uh, I think there might be one more place in Atlanta that's doing something outside that stand-up comics can work at. The biggest thing we're excited about is that the stand-up comics are having a place to work because you can't do it inside. That's what Ha Ha Hate Bill is about. It's the one thing that keeps us going through this. It's really awesome. You've just created a whole comedy. You've created like an art scene. You do your found art. I just think it's really cool. So I want to officially nominate you for Hateville Citizen of the Year. I don't know if I have that power or if that's an award that exists, but I'm putting that out there into the universe. I appreciate that. I like to call myself the unofficial ambassador to Hateville because I really do love this town and I really love the history. It's just so interesting and so unique. I love to share that. So I call myself the unofficial ambassador. I'm just honored to be here and it's fun to be able to make a difference and it's not too difficult because this town is only two and a half square miles. Having moved here from living in Manhattan where it's, I don't know how many square miles, but it's 8 million people. And it's really hard to feel like you made an impact at all. But here it's manageable. I'm like, okay, I can walk from one side to the other and say hello to a few people and they'll remember me and appreciate me. And it's a great place to be. That's a great time. Well, thanks for asking. Will, you had to make a graceful exit because you needed to go into your first semester of grad school. How did grad school go? Did you get straight A's? I am, for the first time in my life, George, a straight-A student. Congrats. Yeah. Good bum, for you. Bum, bum, Before bum. that, he was a gay-A student. <laughs> I did an interview with a Buddhist monk. 
So I wrote a series of features about this guy and uh, got some great remarks. I submitted my first article for publication to a local newspaper. And I heard back from the editor. She was interested in the article. And then she read it. And I got an email from her that said, oh, we're a faith-based newspaper and your article mentions Buddhism. So unfortunately, we can't use it. Can you rewrite it without the word Buddhism? I actually think of it more as a philosophy opposed to a religion, though it is also a religion. But you know what? The message of meditation and compassion and that being angry is something we can choose not to do was something I wanted to share with the world. So I rewrote the article without the word Buddhism, no mention of a monk, and I just never heard back. <laughs> Are you serious? Now. I'm just going to make you go through all that trouble to change up your paper and then be like, I'm going to ghost you. I just can't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, it was kind of cool because I think of I guess we'll call it rejections in this case as kind of a badge of honor. And whatever you're trying to do, you have to accumulate hundreds and hundreds of those before anything sticks. Now I'm writing a whole feature film for my next mm-hmm. class and we're doing another sketch show, which is going to be sort of like Broken 30, but this one is about churches because frankly, I'm angry at Carol. <laughs> Carol! <laughs> life is good. That's kind of what I've been doing. I guess if you have to work on your own life and can't just dedicate all your time to us, I can be understanding. <laughs> Lily, you've been busier than ever. I know y'all bought a house and Will doesn't know how to do stuff. So you've been getting the house put together. How's that been going for you? (laughs) Going good. It's an old house. So there's always fun things to be fixing and make happen. Doing a lot at work currently. We're pretty busy. So lucky to be employed and still working and doing all those things and just trying to keep up with all the changes and everything that's different in this new COVID world trying to come up with programs that work, contact-free, not interactive, and also a lot of trying to help out the community, Mm -hmm. being able to create programs and still be serving all these new needs that are popping up and be able to help the people and help the animals too. Lily, I heard that you're forklift certified. Yeah, I guess I have the equivalent of a learner's permit right now for a forklift. Part of work and just everything ramping up, we've had to basically come up with this whole logistics side of what we do in terms of warehousing and transporting. So I've become a truck driver and a warehouse manager. <laughs> oh my God. Forklift operator, which is actually pretty fun. The forklift is actually great. You guys should try it sometime if you've never lifted things off the ground that are really heavy. It's, uh, it's cool. I assumed you were stacking cats. So I'm glad to hear that that's not what's going on. What are we going to do with these 2 billion cats? I guess we need a forklift and just stack. <laughs> need some long-term storage solutions. It's like hard enough to herd cats. Imagine trying to get them to just stay on the forklift. Right. Actually, though, cats are so scary. I can see their fear tensing them up enough to where they'll just stay in place. So I don't know. It might work. Yeah, maybe they're just clawing onto it for they're dear life. That sounds like a great Milton Bradley game. Stacking cats. Stacking Stacking cats. cats. Yes. I'll let you guys know how it goes. Haven't tried it yet. (laughs) I want to see TJ play that game. It wouldn't go well, I assure you. I want to play Stacking Cats with TJ and a bottle of bourbon. That sounds like the best post-COVID game night ever. I agree. I'm in. (laughs) Jane, you've had to listen to all sorts of nonsense. Dirty song competitions versus competitions. TJ talking about whatever comes to his mind. What are some of your favorite moments sitting in the editing room listening to our nonsense? The first episode of The Twink Next Door. 
Because I sat there wondering what in the world was going to come next. <laughs> no one loved knows. Love that series. And then Pilot Mike. I love Pilot Mike. Uh-huh. That's a great story. One of my favorites in the whole world. Oh, gosh. That's really great. We need to check in with the Twink Next Door again, TJ. I'm really curious what happened to that guy. The Twink Next Door was a ongoing series inspired by the Shrink Next Door podcast that TJ wrote. And this mm-hmm. guy got himself into a world of hurt. And did it end with him falling off the side of the building? I can't even remember. That's the last thing I remember. Were there more episodes that I'd missed past? There was one more episode when um, he and, and I can't remember the young lady's name, were in her apartment and the guy knocked on the door. Yeah. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Does anybody have any advice for our new host, Abigail? I would share the show with relatives or some close friends. My mother-in-law was always somebody that would be a good bar. Somebody that's not necessarily always in comedy is helpful. I've got a lot of insight from that in terms of what works and what doesn't. First and foremost, I just wanted to say, Abigail, welcome to Funniest People I Know. We're so excited to have you join. I'm so excited to have a girl with me. I didn't get to work with Lily that much as a, a regular host. So I'm excited to have some more feminine or maybe masculine, maybe a combination of the two energies. I don't know. <laughs> Thank um, you for being so gracious in that expectation. So bring whatever energy you bring. My advice to you would be to bring in yourself, feel comfortable with us. We are your comedy family and allow this to be a creative vehicle to explore all the crazy ideas that ever come to you when you're on the toilet. Thank you. (laughs) They do come to me on the toilet, in the shower, in the middle of the night. It's outrageous. All right, guys. Well, I'm so good to see everybody. Thank you so much for coming on to the show and celebrating our 100th episode with us. We wouldn't be here without everybody on this Zoom call. Yay! This has been another episode of The Funniest People I Know. Thank you so much to our guests, Dewey McGew, Lily Blackburn, Will Amato, and Abigail Williams. Make sure to check out Ha Ha Hateville and Mighty Shorts Comedy on Facebook. We record for the Georgia Radio Reading Service, Thank you to our amazing producer, Jane Boynton. Thank you, Jane. If you enjoy the show, please review and subscribe and share with a friend. You can email us at funniestpeopleiknow at gmail.com or find us on Facebook (laughs) and Instagram at funniestpeopleiknow. We will be taking a few weeks off for vacation, but we'll be presenting some best of episodes with some of our favorite moments from the last hundred episodes. So TJ, maybe you can listen to that and get an idea of something that happened in the last two years in your life. Yeah, maybe or not. I'm kind of busy. All right. We'll be coming back next month with our new host, Abigail Williams. Have a hilarious week. Bye. 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 Bye.